0: Good morning everyone. This is the Press Play Lifestyle Inspired Podcast. It's a podcast that does interviews with inspirational people as well as provides custom content and monologues on topics to help our listeners, that's you, find the resources, tools, and support that they need to be their best inspired self. Today we are super lucky to have my new friend Janet here and she has a book coming out called Habits for Happiness. So how are you today Janet?
1: Oh, I'm so well. Thank you for asking. And thank you for inviting me onto your show. I'm really honored to be here.
0: Oh, you're welcome. The mutual benefit, I suspect. <laughs> um, So, Miss Janet, would you please tell our wonderful listeners a little bit about what you're doing right now in your business?
1: Uh, yeah, I'm... Janet Mohappy Banks. Um, I'm an international best-selling author, speaker and superhero coach for Conscious Awakening, um, which basically means I help people to tap into their true personal power. So um, they eliminate all the doubt and all of that that stops people from playing their biggest game in the world. Because, you know, we're here to play big. We're not here to, to, to play small, are we?
0: No. So what does play big mean to you?
1: Oh, playing big is reaching your potential, you know, because to me, I don't think there's anything worse than, than feeling like you could be doing more, you could be having more, you could be being more. I think that feeling for me is quite intolerable. I find that really frustrating. If I know that I'm not doing all that I could, if I know that I'm not being all that I could be, um, yeah, I've, I find that really uncomfortable. And I know that a lot of women, especially women, Um, suffer from this and especially women entrepreneurs as well I think we suffer from that quite quite big style when we think you know when we it's not even thinking it's feeling when we feel that we're not having reaching the audience when we're not um yeah feeling really fulfilled because you know I think that's one of the purposes of of actually being alive and being in this human body is this feeling of joy and fulfillment
0: wow that's beautiful so um, you said one of the things that you feel is the most intolerable, right, is this idea of um, not reaching your true potential. Yeah. Uh, is that how you went from cake to coaching? <laughs> oh, <laughs> no, not at all.
1: Oh, okay. cool. <laughs> no, that's, that's a whole different kettle of fish. So um, with my cake business, so back in the day, I was a luxury wedding cake designer Um, I was at the absolute top of my field and I got there so easily, really. I mean, I'm not saying that it wasn't hard work. It was, but, um, you know, I just followed my intuition um, before I even knew what following your intuition actually meant. I just, you know, I just played. I loved my cake business and I played at it. I just made connections and all the pieces fell into place. Um, And I can say, you know, I was one of two um recommended wedding cake suppliers to the Ritz Hotel in Mayfair, London, which is, you know, one of the world's most prestigious hotels, I think. Um, and, you know, I was a cake supplier to um, the Connaught Hotel and half of Mayfair, really. I was in all the wedding magazines, um, on wedding TV. Uh, and, yeah, and I was exactly where I wanted to be. Um, but I completely burned out of it because once I got to the top of my career, Then lots of imposter syndrome started seeping in, lots of self-doubt, and I I started coming from a different place. So whereas um, I had built my business and I'd got to be in this amazing position that I was in, you know, sort of champagne receptions every night, well, not every night of the week, but, you know, very, very often. Um, And yeah, it was marvelous. It was a marvelous life. Um, and I got there through being um, drawn by my vision of the life that I wanted. I was led by my vision um, but like I say, once I got there, all these seeds of doubt entered my head and imposter syndrome seeped in and and then the the focus changed and I started pushing I started pushing to prove my worth of why I was there and why I deserved to be there um, and and it was that pushing that that need for for to prove my worth that caused me to completely burn out of that business Um, and I developed a digestive disorder that left me bedridden pretty much for the five years um, until yeah I mean I was literally vomiting multiple times a day every single day Um, so I obviously had to close my cake business I really didn't have a choice Um, And we moved out of the London area and came down to Cornwall because it's a very, very beautiful part of the country. I'm from the UK. Um, And the prognosis was that I would have a slow starvation, uh, a slow death by starvation. Um, And yeah, and that was, you know, awful. My husband left halfway through as well. Um, He left when I was waiting for brain scan results. Um, And that left my 11 year old daughter at the time. She's 16 now. Um, to look after me and her little brother um, and yeah prognosis was absolutely dire um, so once I'd arranged for my funeral um, once I'd you know got all of my will in order and all of that sorted then I went looking for alternatives and I'm so so grateful to have found a chiropractor who cracked my back and very much gave me back my life.
0: Wow <laughs> that's amazing so was just some kind of misalignment that just was taking over or what, what right really... so so um
1: when I was under the um the medical profession mm-hmm. um I was under Professor Epstein of the Royal Free Hospital he was marvelous really incredible guy um and you know people come and see him from all over the world he's you know very 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 knowledgeable in his field um and he determined or through the tests, the tests determined that there was no electrical signal going from my brain into my stomach. So food was going into my stomach, but then my stomach had no idea what to do with it, uh-huh. um, which is why it just threw it back out again. Um, so what Jade, the chiropractor did, um, she realized that the top of my spine was really compacted, all um, the vertebrae in my spine was really, really compacted. So she you know, set to work in loosening it all up, and on the sixth session, she cracked my back really loudly. Um, I don't know if you've had chiropractic.
0: Yeah, I have before.
1: <laughs> yeah, it sounds like it should hurt, doesn't it? It sounds
0: like but they're breaking your back, right? You're I like, know. please <laughs> make this not make me walk, not walk. <laughs>
1: exactly but it doesn't hurt i want to reassure everybody if you haven't had chiropractic it really doesn't hurt it just sounds like it should and and yeah she cracked my back and it was the loudest crack you ever heard um but i went to sleep that night and then halfway through the night i woke up with the most intense headache you've ever experienced in the side of my head um and it felt like electricity going up the the um an oak tree in the side of my head I could feel the electricity going up the trunk and into the branches and it just went sort of that only for about 20 seconds um it was so intense and then I fell back to sleep again but I woke up the next morning pain-free for the first time in over four and a half years it was yeah incredible um, so what Jade, the chiropractor, um, has said what was happening is that that was all my synapses reconnecting because yeah. she had released my vagus nerve from my spine because it was trapped in my spine.
0: Oh, that makes so much sense. It's like with the vagus nerve being from the top to the bottom, right? And being yeah. sort of the stomach's brain. And yeah. That... Oh, absolutely. my goodness. Thank goodness you found her. I mean, oh, life... my God. Yeah,
1: absolutely. Oh. Wow. I so literally believe saved my life.
0: <laughs> yeah, I can't imagine. Like, how how were things different after becoming pain free? Right? Like, you just planned your death. What? What? Yeah. What do you do after you're not gonna die anymore?
1: Well, I have to say that that's when I understood what life was about. It's when I really started appreciating living. Um. And yeah, I just, you know, like my initial response was that I was going to have a year off and just be alive (laughs) and, you know, play with my kids and things like this. Um, And because I'm, you know, an entrepreneur and you just can't (laughs) keep us down (laughs) within like two months, I'd started a coaching business because I knew that I was here to help people to realize just how incredible life was and to encourage people and help people to actually live rather than exist because I know that you know before the all of this happening I I was I was enjoying life but I didn't really appreciate it yeah I didn't appreciate just how easily and how quickly everything could be taken away
0: yeah that's very similar to one of my goals with my my businesses to help people you know stop living unc like by default and live by design because absolutely I think we in my case this quick was um my daughter I have four children and one of my daughters was given um an autism diagnosis oh mine too oh, yeah. no it's different with daughters right they're a little bit <laughs> um unique than the guys but then um That wasn't the change point. It was just kind of the beginning of a series of awakenings. Mm -hmm. And I think we, for me, I started my career similar to you. And then um, I didn't know what else to do. I sort of burned out as well. Uh, And I realized that I had started my career and I had kids later. So I actually kind of like tried to plug the kids into the career versus plugging my life, like my kids first and then plugging my career in. Mm -hmm. um so coaching was sort of my transition i was a but i was a software developer not nearly as cool as a cake developer but
1: oh no i i i've got um a first class degree in computer science so that was a a life before my cakes
0: before cakes so i guess there's see there's life after computers too oh yeah absolutely (laughs) oh i i'm just i'm i am amazingly inspired by your story i had no idea uh, about wow that's a that's a Amazing road, Um, so now you know you started your coaching business. It certainly makes sense as an entrepreneurial person who realized that life is amazing. So where did this habits for happiness sort of um, book or idea for the book come along in in all of this? Um, I guess
1: you know I've I've sort of been writing um, the book. For about three years, I guess, since I started, um, since I first, you know, sort of re—I don't know what's the word—since well, I came alive again, if you the like awakening, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. And you know, the awakenings, it, it, like you say, it does happen gradually. And all of the things in the book are, are tips and um, habits that I've developed over time. Um, but the actual book when I sat down to write the book it literally took like you know a week
0: <laughs> oh, Wow!
1: Um, but it was a long time in the making you know Yeah,
0: right um, Just inspired it took all of that years of inspiration and and put them in a way that we could all consume as well right
1: yeah absolutely um, yeah and you know and it's got things in it like gratitude and appreciation and you know one of the first things that if you ever sort of start on the personal development journey is that you learn about gratitude and you know everybody tells you to like write a list of your Mm -hmm. five things you're grateful for in the morning and things like this Mm -hmm. um but I think a lot of people get disillusioned by that because unless you really put the feeling and emotion and the energy behind what you're writing then it doesn't work it's just paying lip service to it Mm -hmm. um and yeah, you know, you really have to feel into the things that you are, are grat- uh, grateful for. And you really have to feel into actively appreciating life. And then that really does change everything. It, you know, that, that was definitely my catalyst. As soon as I started really looking at the world and being really, really appreciative of it, um, then you start seeing different things because your perspective changes. And when your perspective changes, what you see changes.
0: Yeah, amazing. I think I would agree. Would you, um, if you wouldn't mind, could you describe a little bit more what it means to like feel into gratitude? Because I, I guess I would lean to, I feel the same way you do um, a blog post with the top three ways to feel better about your life. While helpful, if you're not really sure like how to activate that or actual do a thing with it, mm-hmm. it's just another piece of data right? That, that's yeah. clouding up what we already got up there in the storage bin. So um, how do you feel into something like gratitude?
1: Well, for me, I think one of the, the main things is to, to feel what it or imagine what it would be like to not have that thing in your life. Mm-hmm. You know, what, what would it be like to not have running water, for instance? Can you imagine having to get up to go to a well in the middle of the village to get a bucket of water to bring it back home? You know, little tiny little things like that we take for for granted, you know, especially in the West here. um, We take it for granted that water comes, clean water comes out of our taps. But there are so many people throughout the world that that just isn't the case for. You know, the fact that we can have a, a clean bath in a, in a dedicated room, you know, there yeah. are so many people that, again, that is an absolute luxury. And I think that's what we forget. You know, these everyday things that we tend to take for granted are a luxury for so much of the population of the world. They really are. Um, and so, yeah, you know, really leaning into, OK, so if I didn't have this in my life, how would my life be different?
0: Wow, that's beautiful. No. How has um this, you know, series of awakenings and the the book and all of this affected you as a parent? Because you had mentioned you had, you know, your your daughter helping out with your son. So you have an eleven at that time, eleven year old and a, a littler person. How has all of this affected your children?
1: My children, t- oh, I tell you what, I think it has brought us all all much closer together um, yeah my well, he's now ex-husband he left while I was very very ill um, I was waiting for brain test as uh, brain scan results when he left um, and that like you know left my 11 year old at the time um, to look after me so if I'd have had to have like a brain surgery then she would have been the one holding the pieces together and that as a, as a parent brings tremendous guilt um that I wasn't in a position to to be her parent properly I mean I was I was there I was in bed the majority of the time oh, excuse me um you know and she'd come up and we'd chat and things like this but you know she took the burden burden of that sorry I'm just having a little drink my voice is gone
0: sorry. Yeah. <laughs> yeah so while you're taking a drink so you know you're a lot of parents have they think they have guilt right so now you're saying you're you're in bed thinking the worst is happening and the husband's gone and you've two young kids and your daughters coming in and checking on you once in a while and pretty much holding things down and um, man that's a lot for anyone especially a young person you know a young Child. No,
1: definitely. But she is; she's absolutely incredible. She is one of the most remarkable human beings I've ever met in my life. She Aww. really is. Um, yeah, she she's that? remarkable. <laughs> uh-huh. Say it again?
0: Does she know that you think she's that remarkable? Oh God, yeah, yeah, absolutely,
1: yeah. We are very um, expressive.
0: <laughs> very expressive. Were you always very expressive?
1: Yes, I mean, I, I was. I've always been quite expressive um but you know i mean the the favorite phrase not favorite phrase but the phrase that's most often heard in my house is i love you Aww. um just because we all say it you know i've got two children me and the two children are constantly saying it all throughout the day i love you i love you and Aww. i don't know if you've ever heard of um ho'oponopono no um oh it's it's an amazing thing um it's got four four phrases and um, one of which is um i love you and just hearing those words constantly, feeling feeling the love that we have for each other in the house, um, I think it's, it is fundamental to the way that we are now. Um, my son, like I say, he, he was recently diagnosed with autism. He's 13 now. Um, and, yeah, you know, he what he really needs is love. He needs love and understanding and compassion because, you know, um, he is yeah, he's wired slightly differently. He's not, you know, um, you know. it's all a spectrum, isn't it? And uh, yeah, it is. if I, I had to say how far on the spectrum he is. He's not that far, but he's just far enough for it to, you know, to be noticeable. Um, and he does. He needs lots of love, lots of understanding, lots of um, just energy held for him. Just the yeah. space for him to be allowed to be him. Um, And I think that that's one of the things that I have instilled in my family as a result of what I've been through, is that we all just need space to be allowed to be us. And actually by being us, that's where our personal power is. When we can really lean into exactly who we are and we drop all the pretenses of, you know, who we're supposed to be in society's eyes. Once we stop doing that and we just lead with love and lead with compassion, then yeah, the the world is a different place for us.
0: Oh, it sounds. I, I like your world. I'd like to live in there with you. It sounds beautiful. Um, so, if someone were uh, interested, or, or actually, I'll step back a moment. What would be happening in someone's life that would be a trigger to say, "Hey, you should call Janet. She's she's probably someone that could." Help you overcome that thing what what would that trigger or that thing be?
1: Well, for my personal um my personal private coaching, my one to one sessions, um then the people that I coach there are people who want to be bigger than they are. They just want more. they want more money, they want more connection, they want more impact in the world um so if you if you've got that feeling of you know I, I could be more, then that's when you contact me. And we we work through what is stopping you from being more. I have this um, superhero connection, superhero self-connection session that I talk people through, um, where we literally, well, not literally, but mentally go and visit the future you. The future you that already has everything that you want, because then we can work from that place and we can work from a place of being pulled by this vision instead of being pushed anywhere. You know, Uh, you want to be pulled by the vision of where you really want to be. And that's what this first session I do with everybody. All of my clients start with the superhero self-connection session to identify what it is that they want to feel. Because when you know, when you know what your success feels like, when you know what it feels like to have immense abundance then you can tap into that feeling and then you can create the energetic container to bring that abundance into you.
0: Wow. That's awesome. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. So, oh, That's like a beautiful place. Wow. And who doesn't want to be in a find your inner superhero connection call? Exactly. <laughs> that sounds like just why wouldn't you do that? Um, let's say that they go through that, you know, find your inner superhero component and then, um, do you, Is there a, like a theme in things that seem to hold a lot of folks back, like specific things you see come up a lot for you?
1: it's yeah, it's it's generally self-doubt and fear. that they're, they're like really the only things that ever hold people back. Um self doubt that we live in a society that keep telling us that, oh, it's very normal to doubt yourself is really normal. And so when you when you feel the self-doubt, you go, yeah, yeah, it's normal. And you accept it. But I want to change that. I don't think that is a way that we are supposed to be. We're not supposed to doubt ourselves. We're supposed to trust ourselves completely. We're supposed to trust our inner knowing and our intuition. And you can't do that when you've got self-doubt hanging over your head. I mean, it was self-doubt that caused me to burn out of my cake business. I've done an awful lot of work on, on self-doubt and, and um, imposter syndrome, you know. Right. Fear, fear will stop you every single step of the way. If you If you fear ridicule, if you fear rejection, if you fear standing out too much because you've been brought up to believe that, you know, the tall poppy gets its head chopped off, because that's often what happens, but only if you let it. <laughs> Then yeah, that will stop you too. Subconsciously you will hold yourself back.
0: Yeah, and I think that's interesting. Um, an interesting distinction too is um it's not that you're consciously no, stopping not. yourself. It's it's like something you don't yet have an awareness of that's sort of holding you holding you where you are. Yeah,
1: absolutely. You know, like 95% of everything we do is run by our subconscious programming. Yeah. So it's it's a case of identifying what it is. This is what I do with my clients. We identify exactly what it is that's holding you back, and then we overcome that. And I use different methods. I use mindset um, and energy work as well.
0: Yeah. Do you have a spe- do you like a specific type of energy work? Are you like Reiki or anything like that, or just in general your energy work that's your own style? Yeah.
1: It's, it's, it's my own energy work. But that's the thing as well. You see, everybody has the ability to do energy work. Everybody. Yeah. Um, you know, I've taken so many energy different courses um, and I've just developed my own, my own energy that I help people with. But I also teach my clients how to do it for themselves because I don't believe that we should always outsource things. In fact, I believe that you know, for the majority of the things that we need in our lives, we can actually do it ourselves. We just need half the time. In fact, we just need to give ourselves permission to do it.
0: Yeah, I find that too. People just want someone else to tell them it's okay. Yeah,
1: because we've been taught that, haven't we? You know, from the youngest age, we've been taught that somebody else always knows better.
0: Yeah, it's interesting. And it's
1: it's not always the case.
0: I I wish I could say I disagree and be a contrarian, but... Um, I think we're, we're on this similar page. So, uh, well, wow. So your one-on-one clients, they, you know, do their superhero self-connection session. You essentially figure out what's holding them back and work through ways to help them get past that. Mm -hmm. You also have a new, you know, is the book new, the new book book coming out? Yes.
1: Yes. It um, launched a few weeks ago. Um, It went almost straight away international number one bestseller which wow. is unbelievable. Yeah, at one point, um, it was a bestseller in over 21 categories throughout the world on Amazon. That's
0: amazing. Yeah, I know. It's,
1: I'm completely blown away, including to, like, top level of um, uh, self, self-help. Self-help, uh, top, personal development category? Yeah, the, the top-level self-help category.
0: Um, so I have a theory of why I think that happened, but why do you think that... Um, a book with all of your knowings in it about ha- finding happiness and habits for happiness. Why do you think that it shot up the chart so quickly? Um, I think, well, there's
1: a number of things. One of them is I've got a really cool cover. <laughs> okay. <laughs>
0: it's really cool. That's very practical. Okay.
1: <laughs> but also, I th- I think that the world is looking for a different way of doing things. I think the world is fed up of this of this constant. <sighs> the constant fear that we are brought up with now, you know, we're constantly being fed fear and, um, yeah, I don't know. I think the world is ready to be happier. The world is ready to embrace their personal power. Um, And I think that self-help and personal development books in general um, facilitate that.
0: I'm glad you had to say it okay. on your own because that was, that was kind of my, my working theory was um, I have, it was so well received because, of course, you're an amazing author and a great storyteller, but um, that wouldn't have got it out on its own. I think that for a lot of us are just, we want to be bigger, right, Janet? We yeah. want more. And part of that more is just more joy and appreciation of all the beauty we already have. Exactly. Yeah. And I love that. Well, do you have any um, parting words or tips or tricks or advice you'd like to leave the audience with today, Ms. Janet?
1: Um, yeah, just follow the joy. Follow the joy in your life. Understand that your joy is there for a reason. And it's a signpost that do more of this, uh-huh. I think. Signpost
0: um, to do more. Yeah. And where can our um, audience find your book? Is it Amazon? Is it local? What's, what can they do? Yeah,
1: no, it's um, Habits for Happiness by Janet Mohappy Banks. um, And you can find it on Amazon. Um, You can also find me on Facebook. I am the only Janet Mohappy Banks out there, unless somebody has stolen my name. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And my website is JanetMohappyBanksCoaching.com.
0: Oh, lovely. All right. Well, thank you so much for taking the time. And I've got to imagine time zone issues as well to meet with (laughs) us today. I, I just I'm so thankful and so grateful that you allowed us to share your story on our platform.
1: Oh, I'm so grateful to be here. Thank you so much for inviting me.
0: All right. I'll talk to you soon. Bye, Janet. Bye.